1: hook them up with E and rod P. brought to you by bud light on the horn indeed brought to you by bud light it'll be a great bud light weekend and that will uh almost feels like the weekend will extend into the week with uh, world series and monday night football tonight halloween is tomorrow for the youngsters who you get out trick-or-treating and uh, whatnot, hopefully you had a fun Halloween-themed weekend, if you did. We will uh, recap. Ty, did you uh, – Ty Henderson is our producer back at the Horn headquarters. Did you make it to the uh, – no, actually, I learned this on, on Saturday, Rod, that Ty did not make it to the Halloween-themed pub no. crawl. Stay to watch the Rangers. Watch the Rangers and Corey Seager tie it in the ninth with that home run, and then uh, El Bombe yeah, win it in the 10th uh, or 11th in uh, dramatic fashion. The first – for game one World Series walk-off home run since Kirk Gibson did it way back in 1988 but the Dodgers went on to sweep the A's Rangers are not going to sweep the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks won game two damn right Uh, we got ourselves a series but uh, I think the Diamondbacks have to be thinking man we should have both of these games in Arlington Rangers have a fight on that but Ty did you uh, do anything Halloween Halloween related this weekend my friend Um, I went to a few parties on Saturday I dressed up as a penguin penguin yes it was a last minute uh, my friend had a penguin costume, so I just threw it on. Went to a party. Uh,
0: nice. Sub-part subpar- Saturday,
1: though. Besides the Texas win, that was, that was awesome. But the, the parties I went to were, were lacking, I would say. Lacking? Yes. Awesome.
0: Oh, that means they didn't have enough women there, basically. <laughs> any, any When a dude says a party was lacking, that means usually they didn't have enough chicks there. Is that what it Watch was? What's your
1: dudes? That was part of the problem. Sauc- yeah.
0: sausage fest yeah <laughs> sword yeah. fight exactly yes that's, that's usually what it means yeah so i can i feel you on that time especially halloween i mean halloween is the, the halloween party is the best time uh, for the baddies to come out because they all dress scantily clad every seems like it it's, all, it's something naughty something naughty i
1: suppose yeah their their inner naughty comes out naughty, hey, nurse, uh, naughty
0: teachers naughty and yeah kind of stuff like,
1: hey so uh, we were talking about the facts of the day rod there's so many facts from this weekend oh it's a bunch of but uh, it's now a fact now according to the wall street journal Michigan. Oh, no. University of Michigan. We said, you know, Michigan didn't play this weekend, so it was probably was good for the Big Ten and the Big 12 amid the uh, sign-stealing situation, which continues to evolve uh, surrounding staffer Connor Stallions. Connor but uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the, the Michigan and, and uh, Jim Harbaugh had been working on a new contract that was going to make him the highest-paid coach in the Big, 12, Big Ten and move him past okay. the, Ryan Day and some others. Yeah, They've rescinded that. Uh, that is now off the table pending this investigation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. Michigan gets back at it this week off their bye. Uh, that storyline is out there. College football was uh, was pretty darn good. By the way, you know, Jeff Sagarin, the Jeff Sa- Sagren rating, ratings, Rod, you know, the power rankings? Oh, yeah. Right now, Sagarin has Michigan 1, Ohio State 2. Michigan 1, Ohio State 2 mm. with Georgia and Alabama 3-4.
0: Yeah, I don't understand.
1: And Alabama, Alabama, Texas is at five.
0: I don't understand the Alabama thing. But and
1: FN, Florida State should be getting more love than that, right? Florida State is undefeated. Mike Norvell's team is playing really good football.
0: They should be because, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they pull away from teams late too. They've had some tight, like, first halves, yes. a couple of teams. Even that Duke game actually was pretty close. But, man, when they pull away, they put their foot on the gas, they put it on the gas. Yeah,
1: Jordan Travis, man, you got a sixth-year quarterback who can really play. Yeah. Uh, they do a good job of making adjustments as the game goes. And um, I want
0: to say they're done with the like the heavy hitters of their they've schedule. They've got their, their rival games. they got, the games. They got Miami and Florida. But they don't have any like marquee-ranked opponents really left. Well, and
1: players. now the ACC championship game doesn't look as formidable because North Carolina's fallen off with exactly. Mac Brown. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the percentages to make the playoff right now, because as Rod said, tomorrow night the first college football playoff rankings will be out. Uh, we'll see where Texas is. It's kind of your first barometer of where you stand with the committee and the computers and all of that. Um, you know, I, mean, I think percentage-wise, right now, Florida State's probably the the highest percentage you would if you were p- putting money on a team. Okay, they're going to be in the final four. That's
0: the easiest path. Yeah,
1: and they've accomplished a lot already. Yeah. They've gotten through the LSU game. They got through Clemson at Clemson, and they've Duke,
0: sur- that Duke was a ranked Duke, Duke was like top sixteen or seventeen or something like that.
1: Correct, right? correct, and they're still undefeated. So um, you know, as we have mentioned, Oregon moved ahead of Texas. Let's get to the headlines though. Trending topics uh, coming out of the weekend. Longhorns up in a pole and even in a pole. They did uh, improve, though, to 6-1 uh, and one in the year. <music> Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the news. Uh, I should say 7-1 uh, in the year for the Longhorns. They come off that win uh, at... Home on Saturday, thirty-five to six over BYU, and are up to number six in this week's coaches poll. USA Today coaches poll stayed at number seven in the uh, AP Top Twenty-five with Oregon actually leapfrogging uh, ahead the of them. Oregon, of course, beat Utah on Saturday. Richard Freshman, Malik Murphy, started in place of uh, injured starter Quinn Ewers, Turned the ball over a couple times early, an interception and a fumble, but settled down and ended up with a solid day. Finished with one hundred and seventy passing yards through a pair of touchdowns to A.D. Mitchell. Jonathan Brooks had one hundred and thirty-nine yards from scrimmage and scored a touchdown. in the Texas defense held BYU to a pair of field goals also got a long punt return from Xavier Worthy in the game to uh, improve to seven and one for happy head coach Steve Sarkeesian another really versatile team win you know I'm, I'm just continuing to be proud of these guys that that different aspects of the game show up we felt really good about the punt return unit that we would get an opportunity and sure enough right off the bat um, we get the big punt return from Xavier uh, right up the middle for an explosive play that way uh, and I thought offensively, you know, for Malik making his first career start, I was really proud of him. Um, you know, I, we had opportunities there for the game to to go in a in a little better direction, a little smoother direction. Um, and, and naturally, we just didn't finish those drives in the red area. And so, and we've got to we got to continue to dig deep into that into things that we do well, uh, and how do we
0: emphasize that to to score more points when we have opportunities to.
1: Now sixth-ranked Texas will host now ranked K-State. Coming up on Saturday, K-State number 25 in this week's AP Top 25. They'll host the Wildcats Saturday. Game's been announced as an 11 a.m. kick. The early start, it's the big noon Fox game on Fox. Longhorns will open as a five-point favorite, both Texas and K-State 4-1, and one, part of that five-way tie atop the Big 12 Conference, headed into the final month of the regular season. NFL Cowboys came out of their bye week in impressive fashion, as they leastly they absolutely demolished. The L.A. Rams 43-20 yesterday on Arlington. Cowboys the first team since 2017 to score a defensive touchdown, block a punt, and score a defensive safety in the same game as they improved to 5-2. Dak Prescott threw for 304 yards and four TDs. Houston came out of their bye week disappointing. They lost on a late field goal at Carolina 15-13. Paul to three and four on the year. We'll get to NFL throughout the morning and throughout this week. Also tonight, it's week, uh, it's game three of the World Series out in the desert. Texas, we mentioned, took the game one in dramatic fashion on Friday night. Arizona bounced back with a game two win. It'll be Max Scherzer for the Rangers tonight. Brandon fought for the Snakes. Uh, first pitch set for seven o three. NBA last night, Clippers rolled the Spurs, 123 83 Winless Rockets, the loss to Golden State down in Houston. And in college hoops tonight, Moody Center, seven o'clock, it's free. It is uh, the Longhorns playing St. Edwards in a Exhibition game. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Runners and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero turn mowers this month at Top Gun. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight.
0: Yeah, I mean, you go look across right now the the NFL and every seems like every team that we thought would be uh, upper echelon, like they're talking about the top-tier teams, they all have that. Inexplicable loss, yeah, of some kind, which which is good though. That's what the NFL, it's exactly what the NFL wants. They even if they can't get parity they'd like for any given Sunday to apply. Where hey man, better make sure you pay attention because on any given Sunday, this team could lose. This win. Who, who would have thought that Kansas City would lose to Denver, considering how they've dominated that matchup since
1: you know, since Andy Reid well, got there. They just played him two weeks ago.
0: Well, and we, Broncos have been one of the biggest dumpster fires in the league. Yeah. And then, boom. I mean, Mahomes had won. How about this? Mahomes was 16-0 straight up on the road in neutral uh, – on the road or in neutral site games versus the AFC West, period. That streak broke. He was uh, 20-0 straight up on the road, neutral site, as a favorite of at least five points. That, bro- that, uh, that streak also broke. Uh, and he was 12-0 versus Denver. That streak. Also broke.
1: Well, like, and uh, watching they, this... Against this, this Denver team. Not this, even a good one. Well, Denver came out with a chip <laughs> on their shoulder. They had they just did. played that team a couple weeks ago. It was like they, 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 they were too, it was weird, weird scheduling to play a division team twice in a three-week period. But... Um, they came out with a chip on their shoulder. They had Javante Williams back running the ball. And, and, but, you know, at some point, Patrick Mahomes, who I think was dealing with some flu-like symptoms, he needs yeah, some he help. Saying. I mean, the, 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 there was a moment in the game where it was still a contest and uh, Miko Hardeman muffed a punt. I mean, they were about to get the ball back. He just muffed it. That led to a short touchdown. Like from the five-yard line, he muffed the ball. Just muffed a punt. And then Patrick Mahomes threw a perfect pass to Sky Moore that should have been a touchdown. He dropped it. I mean, it's just like, man, you can't. They, they mean, run out of time, he, they got to tomorrow's trade deadline. They need, to,
0: they, yeah, they need something. They need my. They're defense. still
1: good because look, there are four six and two teams in the AFC right now. Miami six and two, Baltimore six and two, Jacksonville six and two after their win in Pittsburgh yesterday, and then the Chiefs are six and two. There's only one seven and one team, and that's Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, over in the NFC.
0: And even they have that weird, inexplicable loss. Yeah, they've got one too. They do too. And Philly's kind of like the, the Longhorns in they've won a lot of different ways. They. The, their, their offense actually hasn't led the way like it did last season so much. They've won a lot and well, in
1: an uglier fashion. Well, they were playing in Washington yesterday. Remember, they played Washington earlier this year already, and they, they went to overtime in that game mm-hmm. and uh, beat them. So Washington's a good matchup for them because of that front seven. Yep. And by the way, they actually stopped the tush push because they, uh, they, they forced a they fumble. D-line to do it. They forced a fumble. Yeah. And then late in the game to seal the deal, the, the Eagles ran the tush push but ran a sweep off of it. Ooh. Where everybody was lined up thinking it was going to be the tush push, up. and they handed it to DeAndre Swift around the edge counter, counter, and now you got to get that on film. But yep. they're seven and one. Um, Cowboys are five two. They'll play the Eagles this weekend. Um, you know the the only other, and how about Seattle has now moved ahead of of, uh, San, Fran. of San Fran in yep. the West, yeah, because San Fran's lost three in a row. The uh, Seahawks got a late touchdown from Geno Smith yesterday to be Cleveland. So they're 5-2. So they're atop that division yeah. now.
0: And then next Sunday, you really got, just like you're talking about in college football, in the Big 12, you have a lot of uh, separate games that are going to end up bringing clarity and separating some teams. Dolphins at Chiefs next, next Sunday. Uh, Seahawks
1: at Ravens. And the Dolphins Cowboys Chiefs game is – Bills at Bengals. Oh, man. Yeah. I just watched yeah. Joe Burrow look healthy. Hey, that's, Had, that's a hell of a slate. The Dolphins Chiefs. Uh, is in Germany Yeah you're right Keep yep. that in mind mm-hmm. That's going to overlap.
0: 9.30 That's going to be early
1: Early like, morning Wake game. up
0: early and, and watch that one
1: And there's a lot of Fantasy players in that game We've got Tua Or the Mahomes yeah. Or Kelsey Or Yeah we're going to be Up early. uh Yeah, yeah. Uh, So yeah man. Now, Jalen you...
0: Ramsey is back By the way too This is when Not having a wide receiver The Chiefs don't make a move He's going to really Go hurt them.
1: Yeah Jalen Ramsey Had a pick yesterday Because they'll
0: probably Move Jalen Ramsey Try to put him on Kelsey
1: Jalen Ramsey had a big interception yesterday yeah, against can, the uh, Patriots. He
0: can play that star position.
1: Down near the goal line. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's out there. You mentioned what's going on in the NFL. college In the, in the Big 12 this week, Rod, where it's only Monday. We're already looking forward to Saturday. Oh, yeah. Texas K-State, Bedlam for the last time, mm-hmm. and Iowa State plays Kansas. And Kansas is right behind them. Jay- Jayhawks just beat the Sooners. I'll stay playing good football. So three man. marquee matchups in the Big 12 this coming weekend, too. All right, let uh, let me before we get to Rod's rant here, the first rant of the morning. Of course, you have five hours. Rod gives you two every morning. Let me talk about Underdog Fantasy. Hopefully you've gotten signed up. Use my promo code Hogan at Underdog Fantasy and are playing along now with the NBA, the NFL, college football as well. It is so fun and so easy to do. If you can't handle the uh, the time consumption and just the stress of a, a all-year fantasy football league and you just want to have some some fun game by game that's what underdog fantasy is all about as i've told you you go to to game by game right? monday night football tonight is the lions and the raiders Go to that game, uh, pick two to five players from from both teams, either side, and you're going to choose whether they're going higher or lower on their in-game totals. You get to choose what the total you like and then go higher or lower. Uh, And, you know, if you go five for five, you can win 20 times your money. Uh, Again, between two and five, uh, you pick those players, and then you just sit back and watch the game. It's an absolute blast. Uh, You you go four for four, three for three, five for five, however many you want to do, and you have a good time with it. And as I've told you, to pick your dream team can start tonight, but to get signed up is so simple. Download that app. To your phone, the Underdog Fantasy app, or go to the website, underdogfantasy.com, they're going to double your first deposit up to $500, so you're doubling your money to get this thing going, $200 becomes $400, and obviously $500 becomes $1,000, and you're off and running. Plus, with that promo code, they're going to give you a mystery pick of a, of a half a .05 uh, point in your queue there to go have some fun with it as well. Uh, check it out, you must be 18 uh, or older, but go to underdogfantasy.com, or Underdog Fantasy app, promo code Hogan. That's how you do it with underdog fantasy. Let's get to the rant, Rod.
0: Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. Mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real! My
1: God! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! No, what's you've what's done want it want now. It's time for Rod's oh. Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts.
0: All right, just want to um, go over some things about the Texas-BYU matchup. Just say uh, just some of the other uh, points that we did not get into in the first hour of the show. One thing that I really liked... That Sark really, um, I think, deployed for the first time this season. I think he's used it last year. Was he 31 personnel package? Remember, I said last week you're going to see more pony packages. I thought we were going to see 21. You did see 21. That's what I was referring to. I talked about the pony package. Pony package is essentially two tailbacks on the field. You know, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. But when they do it with two tailbacks like Sark likes to do, they call it pony package. Um, you know, so if you have a tra- as opposed to a traditional fullback. Um, last season, remember, he broke out the pony package
1: out of 31
0: personnel. That's
1: three backs, right?
0: Yes, and he did it versus Alabama. Remember, I think it was the first time he did it last season. With I first saw time.
1: the diamond formation on yeah, Saturday. Yeah,
0: and he broke it out, essentially, yeah. That also had 31 personnel and, yeah, he broke out the diamond formation. I thought it was a nice change-up for Sark, and in that diamond formation, he had C.J. Baxter, at Keelan Robinson, um, and uh, um, uh, oh, and Savion Red. Red yeah. Savion Red was the other back in there, which uh, there's got to be a counter. I can tell you right now, I know there's got to be a counter off of this where they motion Savion Red out to wide receiver. And then essentially you go from 31 to 21 and you have Savion Red out there at wide receiver and you're hunting matchups as Sark likes to do, which means you'll probably align, because you'll be in a heavier set, all right? They'll probably go to a heavier set when you go out there with your, you know, what they call I don't know exactly what he calls it, but thirty one personnel three backs. Anytime you go heavy personnel, defenses usually adjust by going forty personnel. Um, I'll see I'll get to go back to the film and see exactly what BYU did and how they lined up. But going forward teams will probably see the three three backs out there and they'll adjust and when they do, they'll put their forty, which is three or four linebackers on the field. Um, and that will mean they only have four defensive backs. If that is the case, you might get Savion Red in a favorable matchup. And if you put Keelan Robinson out there, the way you've been using Keelan Robinson, that's another guy you can use in a favorable matchup just because of his speed. So I love that package. I love that Sark decides to deploy that. And by the way, this season, it actually has tracked just like last season – your most explosive and your most efficient and most effective personnel grouping right now is probably your 21 and 31 sets. It's your, pony packages, like it was last year. But last year it made sense because of Bijan and Rojo. This year it tracks just because well, Jonathan Brooks is playing really well too. Um, but This year it tracks because teams don't expect it and they're not ready for it. And Sark does a great job of pivoting from uh, the heavy personnel to play action pass, which they do really well out of 21 personnel. matter of fact, that, um, uh, that 31, they threw it once and then they ran it once. So they ran it twice, but look out for that more. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Jaden Blue finds his way to crack that. the long touchdown late. Yeah, because he works well in space. He's explosive
1: on the edge. Can I also say that uh, you know, in his final year, Keelan Robinson is really a. He's always been fast. He just seems like he has better balance this year. Like lower, like his 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 legs seem more powerful. He's running through tackles on kick returns. Yeah. Desiree tries a great coach. And I, 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 I'd love to see more Keelan Robinson here in the last month of the year. Because, again, you know, Jonathan Brooks, it was frustrating for the Longhorns to see, you know, those, those four shots from the one-yard line, and Jonathan Brooks didn't get a touch in that series. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Brooks, a really good player, uh, but they have a, they have a bevy of running backs. And Keelan Robinson, every time he touches the ball – uh, is making guys miss. He's yeah. he's running through arm tackles this year. Because remember back when he first got here, it looked like he'd get tripped up too easy and yeah. little arm tackles would bring him down. He's so fast. Well, now he's running through those tackles.
0: I agree. I think he's a much better player. And now he's catching the ball downfield yeah. at times, too. When well, he out, out of before. that
1: diamond package, they handed it to him on that little sweep, and he um, man, he got upfield, ran yeah. through some linebackers. It's a good play. Really like number seven. And, uh, gosh, they've got a – Tashar Choice has a, has a nice room of running backs right now.
0: Yeah, he does. And so I just throw that out there. I like that little package. That was something new that Sark decided to deploy. Um, also, uh, in this game, you know, I know the red zone is an issue. Right now, Texas, in touchdown percentage in the red zone, they're 120th in the country. And yes, it is stupefying. I can't figure it out. Neither can Sark. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Sark is struggling. He almost deal with a a, a form of a play calling block, like writer's block, when he's down in the red zone. I don't think he. I think he right now he's just throwing a lot of different things out in the red zone to see what works. Even uh, getting back to that fumble. Uh, by Malik Murphy, the play where they go into center, you brought up that. That was the play they ran against Oklahoma State and scored last season. He's even, you can tell, not even going back to some of the playing the hits, some things that worked before on the last season that didn't work, uh, that hadn't worked this year, because I hadn't seen them really break out that concept
1: this year. Well, um, so, well, you kind of wonder uh, if, if Sark's saying, okay, I had a young quarterback last year, this is what we put around him to really get him some easy yeah. throws, some easy work, and so let's go back to some of that stuff, because we got a young be, quarterback.
0: Yep, you, you're right, right about that. It's it shows told you that he's he's at least trying different solutions to solve the problem. Nobody can figure out why Texas is bad in in scoring touchdowns in the red zone. It, it's, it is right now. I think the most mystifying thing that about this team, because they got so many weapons. The offensive line is so big and so monstrous. Even when they put extra big bodies out there, even with a veteran quarterback, it wasn't working. I have no idea how to fix it. I'm actually going to go back. I'm doing it this week. I'm going to watch every red zone play. I got to now. I wasn't after U of H. I was like, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. I think they might have, you know, they might Solved have started to, yeah, they might have started to trend the other way with the red zone. But after their performance versus BYU, multiple goal line stands. Uh, against, against BYU, for, for BYU, against Texas, and, yeah, the turnovers now are still in the red zone. Got to go back and study it. Texas right now, 120th, 48.8% oh. of the time they score a touchdown in the red zone. So Ben but don't break defense is how you beat Texas, too. We know that, right? There's a blueprint that's developing about how They're you beat They're going to gain Texas. yards.
1: Just don't let them in the end zone. Just
0: when they get in the end zone, that's when you bow your back. Which when is why I say at this
1: point against a team like K-State, just kick your field goals. Take your points. You might be right, Eve. And you may not get the number total you want. And Sark may you know, have to swallow the pride a little bit. But just, you know, three field goals, nine points. He, Better than not yeah, get any points. He deems it as a failure. You I, can tell. Oh, I know he does. You can tell he deems it as a, as a failure. And you know what? Because he said he's, he's thinking just what you are. We got too many good players here. What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, what are we And I draw up good plays. Why aren't we scoring touchdowns? Yeah, ex- exactly.
0: It makes no sense. He's a great offensive mind. You got great players, and they still cannot score in the red zone. It is like I said. We can I'm going to try my best, guys. I'm going to do a deep dive. I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to stay up a little bit late. I'm going to figure. I'm going to try to at least give some options. Um, I think the best solution, honestly, for me. It's the six O line package. I've been saying this for a while. How about this? I'll give you a little quick stat. This is kind of you know one of the stats I found. is trying to do some uh, some research, my um, kind of superficial research on the red zone issues for Texas. So they've scored eight touchdowns in the last two games, right? Mm-hmm. Eight, eight touchdowns on offense in the last two games. Four of them um, have been in that Big Twelve package.
1: Which, which is 6 line. No line. Malik Agbo comes on the field and they and, have six o line. And
0: three of them have been in the red zone. There you go. It, it works. It's a mix because Sark can't figure out whether he wants to play bully ball in the red zone or whether he wants to be the innovative, creative genius in the red zone. He can't figure out which one. Some people say that's why he gets too cute. He gets too cute in the red zone. No, he's just trying to add some innovation and creativity and try to confuse offenses, uh, sorry defenses in the red zone with a lot of his cheat codes. And sometimes people say, oh, he's using too many damn cheat codes, right? Why, why get cute when you can just run right at him and play bully ball and push him out of the way? So can't figure out which one he wants to be. That's the identity crisis he's dealing with when he gets down in the red zone. Do you want to be a team that plays bully ball? Well, you don't do it well. You, you, I mean, you can say you want to do that, but then Oklahoma and BYU would disagree. Right? Uh, and if you want to be down there and be innovative and creative, well, you can't turn the ball over in the red zone.
1: Yeah, on yeah, be- <laughs> one of those plays, the left side of the line has got collapsed. Yeah. And, and you've got to be physical. And then the, the Red Cat, they tried to use that. Now that's predictable. Probably need to hand off at some point the Red Cat. They do. Um, you know, to, to, to really throw a loop, just like we saw the Eagles do with the tush push. Yep. Uh, put something else out there. All right, good stuff right there in Rod's rant. The deep dive will be coming this week on the red zone issues. It's really, you know, I don't say nitpicky because this team you know when you have a backup quarterback in your defense and your special teams have to step up and play big they did yeah. complimentary football in a big way for Texas And even when Texas didn't get it in the, the the defense you know forced K-State and would let them get off the goal line and forced a short punt and those are the kind of things you got to be able to do even against uh, against BYU I should say not K-State yeah. but uh, certainly you have to do that this week against a an improving and rising kansas state team yes. right, we'll come back when we do more on the longhorns more on the good the bad and the ugly from the busy weekend Continue to preview game three of the world series tonight man we're loaded five hours it's one of these uh, great days we're glad we have five hours to talk with you uh, hit us up on the text line we'll 512-447-3776. also uh get to your bullish or bs topics for the end of this hour let's hook them up with ian rod is dropping back looking All right, there it was. Uh, the ball hawk, Michael Tapp, another another fourth quarter interception. Uh, <laughs> had one last week to help win. They help preserve the win against Houston, and certainly when in a twenty-one to six game. Makes that pick, and then the Longhorns go down to make it 28 to six. Longhorns going to win 35 uh, six. Defense forces a three turnovers, including that one. That was our Viking fence defensive play of the game. Michael Tapp, the Westlake chap, with the big pick. We also have the Justice Finkley strip sack fumble. That was a nice play. That was a nice play. Uh, you know, I, I had to pick a defensive player of the week, Rod, with Viking Fence, Jalen Ford, because of his 11 tackles, yep. and he kind of felt like it against a quarterback where you don't have to worry about the quarterback run game. Mm-hmm. He could just play downhill and really attack the gaps and uh, stuff the run. He played a, a big game. Uh, gosh, Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy continue to play really good. As I said earlier, I, at some point they're going to call a holding call, and the guy blocking – don't, Byron Murphy, don't you count on him? Man. I know. I just, I just, am watching the screen. I'm like, I mean, this guy gets he, he gets such good leverage under guys, and then he's getting under them, and they're just like got their arm around the guy's head or a neck. I'm like, come on, y'all, that's got to be a hold. And, and shout out to uh, Horn Sports at Horn Sports. They do a
0: good job. They are keeping a weekly tally of opposing pass interference calls and opposing holding calls. Oh, Lord. So shout out to them uh, for keeping up with it. Um, so, by their tally, um, one versus Bama. We're talking about holding calls here. On the team playing Texas. On the opposing team. So, basically, your de- your defensive line, how many holding calls can they force uh, the, opponent, uh, the opposing team to commit? You had zero versus Rice, one versus Bama. That was an SEC crew. Zero versus Wyoming. One versus Baylor. That was declined. Uh, one versus Kansas. Zero Zero versus Oklahoma, one uh, versus Houston. That was declined and zero versus BYU. So technically for this year, two declined, one from an SEC crew.
1: Um, so there you go. Well, I just and I see yeah. it, I see him get held. And I'm not. I'm not an official, but you could call it on every play. But that guy is getting yeah. just absolutely hogtied by people because he's shorter, right? He's a shorter guy, and a lot of these these linemen are you know, taller than him. So he gets up under them. Uh, reminds me of, uh, gosh, what was it? Uh, gosh, who was the great de- longer defensive lineman? Puna? No, Puna, yeah. but before Puna, just before Puna,
0: Malcolm Brown. Uh,
1: I played in the NFL for a while. You, you, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. Uh, the- all right, some. No, no, no. Uh, kick the field goal, it says here. As we talk about the red zone offense inefficiencies, help your young quarterback. Uh, Rod, they can't play bully ball. That's the problem. This is, as I stated oh, earlier, too right. many red zone possessions without Jonathan Brooks on the field. I, that's one thing that's always. Jonathan all these packages. Brooks
0: is not necessarily a great short yardage runner, but I understand, you know, at this point, hey, you need to just try to at least could try him out as an option, but he's actually not a great. That's why they like. Savion Red in that situation because he actually is a better short yardage back. Now, maybe they should just try to hand off to Savion Red instead of having the Red Cat out there all the time. Maybe that would be also a better option. I'm not really sure how Tex wants to approach it, but, no, you're right. They cannot play bully ball. We got now more than a half a season of sample size. They're not good at short yardage and goal line. They're just bad at it, and they're bad in the red zone. And that's why I'm saying take take your medicine and kick the field goals. But that would be (laughs) Sark essentially admitting – I'm bad at this, and he doesn't want to do that, and he doesn't want the team to have that mindset either. So I understand why he wants to keep gambling and going forward. And it, when it's just a yard, you think, come on, man. You look at I Texas' know. offensive line with their running game, and you
1: think, oh, Texas, one yard, of course they're going to get it. And I think it. Sark's whole thing, it's just the odds of it. At some point, we're going to crack these yeah. through, and it just doesn't. It's, uh, and it's the reason they lost the Oklahoma game. Obviously, this game, the BYU offense couldn't threaten them, and the, the defense was outstanding. If they lose um, the case game, I
0: guarantee you, It'll be red zone offense will be a big reason why. There's no doubt.
1: Uh, I would okay. also say thank you to our buddy Mike Harge, who texted Roy Miller, who's what I was trying to think of. Roy Miller, uh, who was okay. a great player at Texas. That's who uh, Byron Murphy reminds me of a little bit, uh, okay. getting under people with his leverage. Uh, Tavondre Sweat playing great. Let's and yeah, we could have given the uh, defensive player of the week to a lot of different guys. Uh, Mo Blackwell, you mentioned, getting on the field and using that that uh, well. speed package. I really agree with you on that, that uh, I like having he, Anthony Hill, and Jalen Ford together at linebacker, especially against K-State, who's going to come in. And they don't really spread you out with receivers, but they they... they Come at you with the quarterback run game with Avery Johnson and then Will Howard. Um, so we'll learn more about K-State as the week goes, but I like that package. And you said maybe they broke it out this week to work on it for next week. I
0: think they're uh, – yeah, because there's no reason to break it out for BYU when you think about it. BYU didn't really present that speed threat on the field, right? You don't well, that to, was
1: the biggest – You don't need
0: to be multiple to beat BYU.
1: All, all you have to do is watch the kick return, the punt right. return. Your, it was pretty early go, man, The Texas is so much faster than this team. BYU's they're slow-footed as a team. <laughs> and that's
0: why I think Sark also was going for it in the Red Zone. A lot of you wanted him to take the points. I think he looked at that game, and I'll give him credit because I always criticize Sark's. Feel of the game or lack thereof. I think he looked at BYU and went, "Man, no damn way they gonna they can't. score with us. They can't run with us. They can't score with us." That nine. 10, year, 10 minute uh, drive they had. That was the best offense they could put together, and they still could really kick, wasn't much kick of a the threat. Field goal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like kick the field goal. I think Sark to say like Nah, but but, but it could have went wrong. You're right. I mean that's why you kick the field goal, right? You have a young quarterback. What if he turns the ball over and they return it for a touchdown, and then they throw up a bomb on one of those plays, and then it scores yeah. a touchdown. Keeps it and that's how, yeah, that's how easy it could it could happen. But I think Sark was looking at BYU and saying, Man, ain't no way they're gonna be able to score with us anyway. I'll let them if they if they want to start on the one yard line trying to. Drive 99, please go ahead.
1: Uh, also around the Big 12 this weekend, props to Kansas, man. How about Lance Leipold? I mean, you know, came in here to Texas and, you know, Texas beat him with a backup quarterback. But now Jason Bean has gotten to play quarterback for them for a month now with yes, the injury to Jalen Daniels. Yeah, looks and, different. And, you know, as great as Oklahoma looked against Texas, which was pretty damn great. I mean, you could tell that they stood on that game and worked on that game all offseason mm-hmm. and played a near-perfect game they um, had a new perfect game called they haven't been they're not they have been great against the other teams in the Big 12. They were were you know mediocre but beat Cincinnati. They had to survive Central Florida. And it just felt like they were ripe for an upset and here it was on the road to Kansas in the cold. There was a weather delay in that football game. They got down 14 to nothing early Oklahoma. They responded though, got back up 21-14. But uh, this is what you give Lance like Kansas credit for it, Rob. They don't blink now. It's like, okay, we can, we're still in this game. And they went and uh, you know forced some turnovers late, got the lead. And then I felt like Lance Leipold made a mistake late in that game when they had the ball and the clock, and it was a one-point game. All they needed was a field goal to win it, and they went in and scored. Oklahoma actually really let them score. Uh, this is credit to yeah. Venables. They let them score the touchdown, and the, the back for Kansas should have been told to take a knee and just let the clock run down, kick a field goal, or at least make Oklahoma use their timeouts late, which they didn't do either of those things. The running back ran it in. They ended up getting the touchdown. Because they could have done like Carolina did to the Texans yesterday and just water it down to the, to the end and yeah. kick a field goal and go home. Instead, they left Dylan Gabriel over a minute which we saw against Texas, he's pretty good at. And he did orchestrate a drive that got them down uh, inside the 20-yard line. But then it, Dylan Gabriel didn't look right in that game, Rod. He looked like he was – because the, the, the pass he threw that would have been the game winner was kind of a fluttery, weird-looking thing. Mm. This didn't look like the Dylan Gabriel we saw who was really sharp against Texas. Uh, there might be something up with him because they ran the ball like 80% of the time in that game. Yeah. And Dylan Gabriel didn't throw much which is leading Oklahoma fans to wonder if there's something up with their quarterback.
0: Either they saw something on film that they thought they could exploit, so yeah, go back and look at the stats and see how successful they were running the ball, but he only threw the ball 19 times. That's the lowest.
1: And a bunch of those came on th- that two-minute drive, that last-minute drive. That's a great point.
0: Uh, he threw the ball only 19 times. That's the lowest of his career. Since the TCU uh, game a year ago, in which he left in the second quarter with an injury. Yeah. And seven of those throws, as you just pointed out, came on the last drive in a two minute drill. It's only 12. 12 prior to that two minute drill, only 12 passing attempts. I got to go back and see if the run game was that successful, but I'm with you. That. That, yeah. That I mean, him, your
1: offense is built around that, that player. Hints,
0: that hints that something – and they're a pass-first offense. That hints that something's – it's not like they have, you know, elite running backs or anything or a juggernaut running game. I'm with you. Something's going on with Dylan Gabriel at that point. I would, if I was an Oklahoma fan, I'd be a little bit suspicious of that.
1: And they're going to Bedlam. I mean, they're going to Bedlam. And, yeah. I mean, you were talking about a game that's going to have some venom. And we know Okies, right? Oklahoma going to Oklahoma State. <laughs> yeah, and I know Oakies. the rivalry hasn't been a rivalry because Oklahoma is so Oklahoma dominated. Oklahoma State's it. been yeah, a whipping boy. But this is the last one. And, of course, Mike Gundy yeah. played at Oklahoma State. He grew up in Oklahoma. He knows this rivalry. He's intimate with it. He's been pretty clear that he's not real happy with Oklahoma because they are canceling this game and they're moving on to the SEC without them. Uh, it's it, this will be a bitter game. I don't know if Oklahoma State can win it, but Oklahoma right now, the way they beat Cincinnati on Saturday with this guy, how about Ollie Gordon the third or the he's, second? Two seventy one. He's got three straight two hundred yard games, Rod. This one was almost three hundred against Cincinnati. Uh, they run the ball. They beat Cincinnati forty five to thirteen. Yeah. That is going to be an electric atmosphere coming up on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, Ali
0: Gordon, he is slowly but surely putting himself in like a Heisman conversation. I know it sounds crazy, but certainly Big Twelve Player of the Year. Total yards gained over the last three games: two eighty four, two eighty two, and two ninety two. <laughs> That's his last three games in total yardage gain. He's been a monster for Oklahoma State. So yeah, Ali Gordon's a guy. I don't know where he came from, but they got now they do have a beast at running back. He might be the that's running Maybe I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan Brooks might be the best running backs in the Big 12 right now. And, and this guy, he didn't even, I, don't, I won't say like Jonathan Brooks. He had a slow start, too, or maybe wasn't starting initially, but uh, whatever, right now
1: he's gangbusters. He's from Fort Worth uh, and, a, and a Metroplex kid uh, who got out of the Metroplex to Oak State. I mean, they've, they've, that's been a fertile recruiting ground for them. But, that, uh, yeah, no one's done a better job than Mike Gundy of turning a team that just looked dead in the water in September into a team that uh, will play th- this Saturday night in a huge game against Oklahoma. Uh, but keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll kind of think about Dylan Gabriel, his injury, because as we said, there are three marquee games in the Big 12 this weekend. Texas K-State's the 11 o'clock game game you've got uh, Iowa State with Matt Campbell's team they're part of that five-way tie at 4-1 they're going to play Kansas who just upset Oklahoma and then yeah Bedlam uh, in Stillwater on Saturday three three really big games
0: yeah Mike Gundy I mean yeah I gotta go back and look at the record but man he has just not done well, well He's don't great you know coach. he wants the last one yeah I know but he just hasn't been uh, he just hasn't been his best version of himself in that game he gets whipped in that game by a <clears throat> stoops bleak and rally you name it. He's been there what? he has been there what since, 05? Oh, like, yeah, it's like 17, 18, 19
1: years. I don't know if he's won five games against Oklahoma. <laughs> well, this is the last one. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. What a Saturday it'll be. And then, of course, Sunday will be highlighted by the Eagles and the Cowboys from Philadelphia. Looks like a good weekend. Not that we're already looking to get the weekend. It's only Monday for crying out loud. we got to get through tonight and Monday Night oh, Football man. and the World Series and Halloween and trade deadline in the NFL. First college football playoff rankings will be out tomorrow, Ooh, so it's a great week of three sports. 3-15. Three and 15. Three and 15. Mike Gundy against OU. ooh All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's pick it up on the other side with some bullish or BS. We could ask that question. Are you bullish that Oklahoma State could beat Oklahoma this week? Mm. That number would tell you probably not. But uh, <laughs> right? was uh, And he's a great coach. Man, he's you... like one of the best coaches in the country. He is a very he's good won, coach. He's
0: won like 68% of his games, 67% of his games as a coach. He can't
1: beat his NSA rival. He's got him at home uh, with a 300-yard running back going on right now. <laughs> All right, we're back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Bullish or BS next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper, Austin, Texas. Sports. The Horn. Oh, man, it's time for Bullish or BS. Some things around the sports landscape that we are bullish on and uh, calling BS. I'll ask you this, Rod. Bullish or BS? Throw it out there. Uh, We know the NFL is a week-to-week league, but at least for yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys were the best team in the NFL, just for yesterday. I'm I'm, I'm bullish that that was the best team I saw play yesterday. I watched a lot of football yesterday. I didn't see a better team. Uh, Can the Cowboys do that in the biggest moments in January? I don't know, but that was – I know they're a losing team, but the Rams are uh, better better than – they're a 500 team, but I think they've got some talent. Cowboys overwhelmed that team, and it was over by halftime. That was really impressive. I was bullish on the Cowboys yesterday.
0: Uh, I like that. Yeah, I was bullish on them too. That's a good point because they found ways to score <laughs> in multiple ways, right? Deron Bland got the pick six. Um, you saw CeeDee Lamb, you know, assert himself or I don't know, not even CeeDee Lamb. Really, They decided to force feed him the football um, because he's their best threat offensively right now. I mean, there's no better threat on offensively for the Cowboys than CeeDee Lamb. He's been great. So I'm with you. But we know f- because of the way the Cowboys have been this year, um, you know, they could they could change it up when they play a, a more uh, notable opponent. Right? Correct, like and opponent. at, and
1: they they've blown yeah. out teams blown like that exactly. They've blown out teams like that before, right? I mean, they beat yeah. the two and six Patriots like that. They beat that the against, Giants like yeah. that, and Giants aren't are two and six. Uh, they, by the way, the Giants and Jets played one of the ugliest games you'll ever see uh, yesterday. More punts than points. More punts than points in the Jets <sighs> Giants game. But I'll say this: the reason I would say Cowboys because. Yes, we've seen them score defensive touchdowns and score on special teams, but Dak Prescott and the offense and C.D. Lamb were great yesterday. So you had the full combination. They still don't run the ball great with Tony Pollard, uh, but they didn't need to because Dak was so sharp and C.D. Lamb was, was uncoverable. I thought that was pretty damn impressive. They, they, that's something to build on, and obviously they, they stare down the Eagles this Sunday in Philadelphia who are 7-1. and one.
0: Yeah, Ceedee Lamb had 14 targets. Uh, Michael Gallup had three. Brandon Cooks had four. Jake Ferguson had four. If you look at the Cowboys, weeks four through seven, C. Lamb had 18 total targets in weeks four through seven. He had 14 of them in just week eight alone. And I said last week, I said, if you give him the football more, you target him more, he's going to be more productive. All the analytics say, just give him the ball more. I guess the data scientists for the Dallas Cowboys agreed, give him the ball more, 14 targets had a monstrous game. He'll do that all season long too. You could be having him in discussion to be an all pro. If you can continue on this pace, because he's been really, really good this year. Um, all right. Uh, bullish or BS, Will Levis. Ooh. The uh, the Tennessee Titans found themselves a quarterback in Will Levis, who had four <laughs> touchdowns, four touchdowns uh, in his debut, which is, you know, that's rare for a young QB. Is it, uh, so will you, bullish or BS on Will Levis now being the future quarterback for the Tennessee Titans?
1: Well, I will say this. I, in the noon window yesterday, Rod, I had six games going. You know, I, I, I do you. my YouTube thing with the four. You'd four, like to be overstimulated. Overstimulated. Then I had the laptop <laughs> going with the Cowboys game. I had the iPad going with the, the Steelers, Jags, or whatever mm-hmm. it was on. That was the one game I didn't watch because I couldn't do it with the uniforms. I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't do it, Rod. Man. I could, it was too hard. I mean, I don't yeah. even want to comment on it. I People know my feelings on the old Oilers, and they were wearing those uniforms, and Derrick Henry – Trucking yeah. people with those uniforms on. But I will say of what I did see of the game. Touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. Will Levis looked the real deal. We know his arm strength is great. You know what he did? Kind of like the Cowboys simplify things. He threw it to DeAndre Hopkins. You know what? If you got D Hop, throw it to him. He did. Throw it to him. He threw yep. him three touchdowns. Uh, and that was pretty impressive. So, yes, uh, that was a hard game. But, and you said it earlier, the Atlanta Falcons. B. John Robinson scored his first rushing touchdown of his career in that mm-hmm. game. And then late in the game, he wasn't on the field. What on the field in a red zone situation? Yeah,
0: because Arthur Smith took him off the field what? in the red zone and put in Jonu Smith in the backfield Tight and in? then had Jonu Smith throw a pass <laughs> out of the backfield. I'm not making that up. You, It's crazy. You drafted him
1: with the seventh pick of the draft, and then you get the red zone, the scoring zone in a one-score game, and you take him off the field? Him off the field. I'm saying use him creatively. I have no problem if you use him creatively because he's a weapon. But take him
0: off the field? That's, yeah, I don't know. Arthur Smith, sometimes he overthinks it. Football, my man Jeff always says football is a, football is a um, you know, it's a, it's a game that a lot of men like to overcomplicate, essentially. It's a simple game complicated by simple men. And that's one of those situations. Like, dude, you took Bichon off the field in the red zone? That's crazy.
1: Well, uh, Off the field? Yeah. The only other team I could say bullish or BS on that uh, may be more bullish from yesterday, Miami. I think Miami's a really good team. They but they just got beat by Philadelphia. So I guess we have to say Philadelphia. I know every time I hear somebody, you know, even, even national people talking about Philadelphia, they say, well, they just don't seem the same. Well, guess what? They're 7-1. and one. They have a point differential of 52. Jalen Hurts threw four touchdowns yesterday.
0: They're not the same, guys. They lost their offensive and defensive coordinators. But
1: they're 7-1. and one. They're yeah. the only 7-1 so team in yeah, the league.
0: They're not the same as they were last year. And I'll say this. The Miami Dolphins are one of the only teams that don't have that. They're one of the only upper-tier teams that doesn't have that inexplicable loss. Like Their losses are to good teams.
1: Philadelphia only. and Buffalo.
0: Right? Like you, everybody, everybody else has a loss. Yeah, on Dallas
1: and list. Houston have now lost to teams that that's their only win. Uh, with the Cardinals and, the, and now Carolina Yeah, exactly, Houston. right? And it's like, ugh, how do
0: you – you know, I'm talking about uh, – Dallas is a good team. We all agree. You can't even explain that Arizona loss, right? You can't even explain Buffalo losing to the Jets, when Aaron Rodgers goes down, how do you explain the Eagles losing to the but, Jets? Yes. <laughs> well, the Jets are now 3-4. and four. I know. 4-3, uh, I should but say. 4-3. You, four and the, three. you admit, though. 100%. The Eagles, the Eagles got no reason to lose to the Jets. But the 49ers, how do you explain them losing three in a row? I
1: don't know. How do you explain the Kansas Chiefs Vikings, losing? the Vikings, and now, now the – Right? Um, but, Remember,
0: Browns didn't even have the starting quarterback.
1: Now they had P.J. Walker.
0: So, um, And how do you explain the Chiefs losing to the Broncos? Right. No. So, that's what I love about the NFL this time is that all the top teams, maybe the Bengals. The Bengals have one of those? Well, Unexpl- Bengals, the Bengals. They started
1: slow. But the thing about the Bengals, and I watched a lot of that game with the Niners yesterday, Joe Burrow's healthy now. The calf's not bothering him. He can. Because can, one thing, when they had Joe Burrow, he couldn't move. And then they were everything is out of the shotgun for them, which really limited what their playbook could be. Uh, But they do have a because what what the what the Bengals did do is went three and three in their first six games when Joe Burrow was hurt Mm -hmm. and trying to come back from the calf. Now they had their bye week and they came out and he looked healthy yesterday and he pretty much shredded a good forty nine ers defense with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and he's back to looking like Joe Burrow and that's scary for the entire league by the way because they're they're now four and three over five hundred and they have that healthy player. But uh, and I so I do put them in that up. Or echelon that you're talking about, their right. record would say not, but I think they are there because they have their quarterback healthy now. Great. But you're right, though that inexplicable loss. The Jets have beaten both Buffalo and uh, Philadelphia. Cow. Cowboy lost the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a week to week league. That's why I say for this week the Cowboys were the best team in That's football. A good point. You're right. Uh, it but is that doesn't mean they will be next week because we, you know. Are they going to rise up and beat the Eagles on Sunday? We'll see.
0: Yeah, two weeks ago, we are talking about the 49ers almost unbeatable. Right. <laughs> they, they they
1: they lost lost three but, it, you know, Debo Samuel's a big loss for them. They're not mm-hmm. playing as well and Brock Purdy. With the injuries, um, concussion. You know, you know. Alright, we'll come back. When we do we will uh, pick up these conversations. What are you bullish or BS on? Longhorns in their red zone offense. How much of a problem is it? Longhorns sitting at number six in the country in the coaches poll as a one-loss team. Also uh, looking forward to a K-State showdown on Showdown Weekend. That's on tap Uh, hey ty are you bullish on max scherzer tonight game three of the world series max scherzer against brandon fought Uh, fought that's kind of spelled fat (laughs) uh, yeah i am i think his third postseason start or appearance i think he'll be ready to go tonight what have you learned about these diamondbacks that you didn't know when the series began that scares you they can score more runs than i thought (laughs) yeah They, they they run bases they steal bases they put players in motion and they can hit They can flat hit. They they have to feel in Arizona like they gave away game one, you know, ninth inning. Got your closer in there and a two-run lead, and you throw a.